Okay. <laughs> okay. So sorry about that, man. Um, I but I, I really appreciate you um, hanging in there. Hey, dude, I, I dig those kicks behind you. Who's are those? Like those are uh, the Gary Vee. I think I know those ones. Which ones are those? Yeah. Those are the uh, the the color wise. Are they the 004s? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're the uh, they're the 004s limited edition, 600 uh, 600 made, and <laughs> I uh, I won the jackpot and. Got to see him. Uh, got to see him uh, do a conference conference two years ago in February. <laughs> That's awesome. I, you know what? I, you you got to admire what the guy's done. I mean, even if you don't necessarily agree with his content, um, and I don't necessarily consume it for his content as much as I consume it for his strategy. And, and the cool thing is, I, the strategy. I'm always looking at the formats of what he's putting out there and how he's putting the information out there, and yep. and it changes. I will take some cues from him because they've already invested so much time into figuring yep. out what formats work and what doesn't. For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. For everybody out there that don't know your background and how you kind of got to where you are right now, do you want to kind of give us that two-minute origin story that, you know, is Corey? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't grow up in the dealership world. Uh, this just kind of found me, which is probably the case for the vast majority of, of, of people. So yeah. um, for me, the way I look at it is I'm kind of got a fresh look from the outside looking in. I guess I first got into the industry uh, at a truck center where I was a marketing coordinator. Uh, worked there for about a year and a half and I ended up coming over to a company called, at the time it was called Dealer Plus. Um, excuse me, which eventually became Tire Wizard. Um, and essentially what it was, it was a brand new startup. Uh, I worked, worked with a uh, government agency for enterprise development and they kind of put me on to them. And uh, what we developed was a uh, online ordering tool for or online uh, quoting tool for dealerships to be able to quote tires. Because at the time, and I started them, I was pretty much employee number three. I uh, worked with them for seven years, and there was no effective way for dealers to be able to quote tires. Sure. Um, you know, you had, the, you had the parts manager who was able to do it, and maybe the parts advisors, but there's this whole problem where customers would call in, they would talk to the service advisor, they'd have to be transferred to the parts department, they'd have to go and check five or six different sources just to get a price and then call a customer back. Meanwhile, the customer would take that time, call Canadian Tire, Walmart, whoever else, and they'd get a quote right over the phone. So uh, what the company did is we developed a uh, web-based application where a customer could, or, or uh, parts advisor, service advisor, basically anybody could go in, see the price of the tires, see what they would quote it at, see all the stock availability. And uh, you know we grew that from, when I started, there's 30, 30 odd some dealers to just over about 1,500. Um, and we ended up working with all the major OEMs. We did the Honda tire, or we did the Honda tire tool, the Mazda tire tool. We did all their bookings. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced into the whole dealership world. Nice. Uh, was, was with this company. Uh, you know, started from the bottom and worked my way up to national account manager, where I oversaw, you know, Mercedes-Benz, Volkswagen, all the all the major OEMs. Um, today, now I work with a company called uh, Storm Kiosk, and essentially they came onto my radar and uh, just back in July made the jump because they had introduced this brand new product 
which uh, was a self-check-in, check-out kiosk, yep. which allows customers to be able to, at any point in the time, uh, with the 24-hour access, can drop off their vehicle. Uh, there's a whole bunch of upsells and, and obviously different uh, features that, uh, that benefit the dealer, but there's the convenience factor for the customer to be able to drop off, and the big proponent of it is they can then pick up. So, um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but that's that's kind of the big thing that we're focusing on now is is that convenience for customers to to do business with with dealerships, which you probably see on a day to day business. Is, well, that, that makes total sense on kind of how you went from Tire Wizard over this. I mean, Tire Wizard brought, and I used actually Tire Wizard even at my home store when I had my dealership, you know, is it brought a process, you know, exactly. prior to that, you know, trying to quote somebody on a set of tires, it was literally like, I got to call you back. I got to get my parts manager to look up stuff. And then he may even have to call or she may have to call someone to find out if it's even available. Like there was just a lot of work that went into it, right? So, so it makes sense now being with, with Storm Kiosk, what you guys are doing, it's, I, I understand the tech and I think we go a little more into the tech because I think people need to understand this is a relatively new tech and what we're doing is yeah. we're, it's not just the tech we're bringing. What it appears to me is that, you know, you guys identified a, a very clear process and then worked backwards towards the technology to put together a product that just really makes the process user-friendly and generates an experience out of it, right? When we utilize yeah. technology in a certain way, we can actually create a very cool user experience out of it. So, Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, any anything to be innovative needs to be easy to use. Mm -hmm. um, everybody needs to be able to, to, to use it. And, and that's really comes down to what we've, what we did. I mean, you're exactly right that we, we identified what was, was not working or what is working with the dealership and work our way backwards to, to be able to reduce the friction. I mean, at the end of the day, every dealer and everything that we come across in our life is reducing the friction in order to, to get that done. Whether that's a dishwasher to, you know, uh, at my at my kids' school uh, last year, they introduced the ability to pay online for school trips and all that type of stuff, and that just that just made our life easier. And that's that's sure. what we're about. so that's that's what this is doing. It's reducing the friction to say instead of going to Canadian Tire that might be closer, I want to go to my dealership because I can go at two o'clock in on a Sunday and still be able to pick up my vehicle, pay, and, and do everything else. And, and the cool thing is that when we remove friction from a process, what we generated with the byproduct is, is actually an experience. You know, yeah. so, so everyone right now is talking about user experience, online and offline, and how we can kind of, we, we can generate a better user experience. When I see new tech like this, it, it's, it reminds me a lot of, you know, why I've been talking to a lot of uh, digital retailing companies, it's the same thing. It's, it's an early, it's an early piece of technology, but the people that really embrace the process, embrace the experience it brings to the customers is uh, me being a marketing person. I see the branding opportunity in that. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I was actually meeting with an executive at uh, OEM last week and that was, that was his whole mandate is, you know, cars are cars. There's always the features and benefits and pricing, but what everyone's focused on today is the experience that they have at the dealership. It's why, Every 10, 15 years, these OEMs, you know, have their dealerships completely reinvent uh, what it's like. Uh, you know, Mazda, for example, they're doing their their treehouse, their clubhouse uh, mentality. It's they want you have people don't remember what you say, but they remember what you feel, and yeah. that's what every dealer wants to do. Is that when you walk into that dealership, 
you remember exactly, as you say, that experience, and 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 that's what we're trying to trying to do is improve that experience to do business with that person. Yeah, look, it it simplifies, it removes the friction out of the process. I, I, I imagine you got some numbers. I'm I know that whenever we move remove friction from a process, that we actually generate more revenue. I'm going to assume you guys are beginning to see the exact same thing. Yeah. So so we, we can kind of deep dive a little bit into that. But then like I said, it's just we can build a brand. We can actually put this into our marketing efforts and use it as one of the reasons why come do business with us. But, you know, dealerships right now that are early adopters, they're the ones that are going to get that brand equity. At some point in time, it's going to be a mandate. You know, yep. like you said, you're talking to a manufacturer. Maybe the possibility that a manufacturer may actually mandate that every one of their dealerships start to do this. So everybody's looking for that, that brand equity. So I'd like to deep dive into the process. Walk me through how these systems work. Yeah. So, I mean, you look at your typical dealership. So I'll use myself as a prime example. So... Uh, my local dealership, I won't name the OEM, but you know, uh, standard had to get my winter tires switched over from all season to winters, drop my vehicle off. Uh, I had to have my coworker meet me at the dealership, uh, so I could drop it off. Um, obviously with the drop offs, I can use the, use the envelopes and then I had them, you know, bring me back. And then on the Saturday, uh, my family with my three kids were going to go off to, uh, to Kingston to go to Costco. So piled all of them into my second car, me and my wife, we drove up, I walked in, took about 20 minutes or so by the time they mm. found my vehicle, found the keys, you know, uh, obviously in my, in my world of work, I asked, Hey, wouldn't it be nice if there was a machine if, in, you know, that this would have this and, and the receptionist, you know, she was honest. She was like, you know, every day they drop off keys. They assure me that this is everybody. And there's always one or two customers that show up that we don't have the keys for. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it took 20 minutes for me just to simply grab my vehicle, pay for the work that was done and, and be on my way. And, you know, when we're purchasing a brand new vehicle, um, that's one of those decisions that goes into it is, are you open late? Are you open on Sundays? You know, uh, my wife and I, we both work, uh, we got busy lives and, you know, we're not alone in that process. You no, know? no, no, not at all. It's, it's how easy is that business? Um, how easy is it to do business with that business? That's what it kind of yeah. comes down to, right? It's it's one hundred percent. I was doing a an installation at Levin's Volkswagen, and uh, their general manager uh, essentially was able to sell a vehicle partially because of the kiosk that was just installed. Because sure. he was telling me that you know they, I mean, gorgeous facility, brand new build. You know, it's all to OEM specs, and you know, of course, customer likes the vehicle, likes the payments, and everything else that goes with it, and they always do the whole walk around of what their facility looks like. And as they're walking through, he pointed to the kiosk and said, like, yo, this is something that we're getting installed, you know, in a couple of days. And the guy flipped over. He's like, the hardest thing for me is to be able to leave work and be able to get to the dealership on time. He's like, I, you know, it's, it's difficult. Not everybody works nine to five for the service department and everything else. And, and that was it for him. And that's, that's what we're trying to do is create that convenience factor for these customers and, and the advisors. Um, so that business can still be done, but that the quality of the service interactions are the same. 
Yeah. You know, that's, that's always a big concern, especially in my world right now is well, that it, cre- it creates consistency, right? Like you yeah. don't have, I mean, when yeah. we have five different advisors there or four different advisors there. Look, the, the way that they present or the way that they communicate the information to the consumer is going to be four to five different ways. And one of our hardest part as a service manager is try to make sure that it, we have consistency in the way that yeah. we're explaining and, and putting forward this information. Yeah, and, and I mean that consistency is key. And uh, you know, Levin's Volkswagen—they're they're a top tier dealership, and they understand and they explain that they recognize that if they have a service advisor who's not for whatever reason meshing with that client, that the next time they'll pass them on to somebody else because you know personality types are different. And the same thing that you know, someone's having a bad day. There's obviously life outside of uh, outside of work, um, and you know having someone that's consistent ask certain things every single time is is again key for that business that you know exactly what to expect when to expect it and you know as i think as humans we we like that we don't like giant surprises that susie behind the counter is having a bad day because her boyfriend broke up with her or her kid made her late for work you know or same thing for the customer we we see it every day where certain customers myself included i want to talk to i want to talk to someone other days, I'm in a bad mood. I really do just want to get in and out and don't bother me. No matter how nice you are, that can't change that fact. So I think that's probably a good point. Maybe somebody should actually kind of bring up now because I have spoken to a few service advisors and they yep. see your tech as being just that the robots are taking over and yep. I'm going to lose my yep. job. Absolutely. But I don't think that's necessarily the case. That's not no. the way this is being structured. It's giving the consumer the option to choose how they want to engage with the dealership. Yeah, I mean, if we had if we had a solution that would actually take over a person's job, uh, <laughs> we'd be charging probably six times the amount, and you know, I'd be, I'd be driving a lot nicer car. But no, it's it's not a one one size fits all. Uh, people are dynamic, and as I said, like certain times you want to deal with that deal with someone, other times you don't need to. Um, a prime example is the ATMs. You know, when ATMs were first introduced, you know. It was the same thought process as all the tellers' jobs are going to go away, you know. And from 1970 to 2010, these jobs actually increased. Now, what it did allow the banks to do was open up more locations with less people. But you're taking something that, at a fundamental level, to to check somebody in, especially if it's a routine maintenance, that, to be honest, is really not that difficult. Mm-hmm. And you're freeing up that time for that service advisor to have that customer who's come in, it's the third time they're bringing their vehicle in for the exact same problem, and they can spend that time as opposed to looking at the lineup that's behind them for six oil changes and, and two tire rotations. So, But that time, that time that is not just given back to the, to the customer, but the time's also given back to the advisor. So yeah, the exactly. advisor can actually spend more time, you know, going through the proper process uh, of, of dealing with these customers and working through, you know, what their vehicles needs and, and you have more time. I, that's yeah. the way I guess I kind of see the advantage of the technology at the advisor level is just buying time back. That's exactly right. I mean, for a customer to drop off, it takes roughly with our technology about three minutes in the pickup, it's probably about two the time it takes for a service advisor to do it is probably triple that. Now that's not saying that that's wasted time or that they're slow. Obviously, you know, there's communication and and things back and forth, but there's still, there's still inefficiencies from handing the keys over to the valet to get the valet to go get the vehicle, 
and bring it over. I mean, that time is not spent, you know, really value add with that, with that customer. It's mm -hmm. around, how's the weather, you know, you see Toronto lost tonight, you know, those types of conversations. Meanwhile, the customer is looking at their watch going, I need to go pick up my kid before, uh, before the daycare picks up and starts charging me $5 an hour, mm -hmm. or $5 a minute. So it is, it's, it's giving the time back to these, these advisors and the advisors that see it understand it. I mean, the way advisors for the most part get paid is there's always that bonus on all the work that gets that, that they, that they take in mm -hmm. um, every dealer that we've installed, as long as they're retrieving the keys and, and, and still processing and starting the work order, that advisor is still getting paid. So we have some superstars advisors for actually making more money. I was going to ask you about that. Do you yeah, actually they, see that advisors, you know, um, hours per work order actually increasing through utilizing this? Technology? Yeah, they are because they're, they're being able to utilize that instead of spending 15, 20 minutes uh, on checking out 10 customers, they simply call them up. They confirm with them that, yes, you know, I'm in a rush. I just want to check out this way. And then they can go and do that, and then they can call their customers for the next day and confirm their appointments, and then those customers are, are coming in. So, you know, it's it's understandable. I mean, every time there's change, we don't necessarily like it. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's always this mentality of, uh, you know, I always look as it's like a superstar all of a sudden gets hired to your company, and it's like, hey, you know, this 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 thing's really great, and there's of course going to be this natural animosity towards it, but. Once you get to know them, once once you understand that, hey, this person can't actually take over your job and is designed not to do that, well, then it starts working working in your favor, for sure. Well, and, the, and that the technology is actually here to assist. It, it, it's not here to replace. It, it's, it's, it's here to assist. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I don't know if you have the analytics or not, but what kind of increases are you guys seeing right now? Like well, I mean, per work order. we don't have necessarily the, the hours per work order on... Uh, calculating that. I mean, what we're seeing is that on average, the kiosk is handling about uh, anywhere from 10 to 15 to upwards on 20% of the daily or monthly appointments that the advisor okay, is. So, so, st so still not a lot, right? I mean, that's no, still... It's not, it, yeah, it, it's, again, it's, and it's funny because like when I first started this and kind of made the switch, my initial thought was, this is going to be something for GTA clients that are doing 3,000 appointments a month, you know, these high, high uh, moving, moving dealers. And surprisingly, the, the vast majority, as it stands right now, are dealers who are much smaller. I mean, we have dealers in St. John's that are doing 300 appointments a month. Mm -hmm. uh, but where they get the benefit is, you know, in the middle of uh, October, November, and April and May, when's, when they're busy, Instead of necessarily, uh, you know, working overtime and and having that that huge lineup, this now offsets that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and even in the small, even in the uh, in the less busy months, in the middle of summer, instead of the service advisor, service manager, now having to take over because his one of two advisors wants to have actual summer vacation for a week, mm -hmm. they don't necessarily have to do that, and he doesn't have to work through his lunch because there's an option for the customers that want it that can use the kiosk like it's ATMs didn't replace tellers the self check-ins are not replacing the uh, the grocery lanes you know it's these are things that are that are here to assist I think the only type of technology that's really a, replaced maybe individuals is the computer that replaced the secretary because the CEO now knows how to type and doesn't need somebody to do that like 
these are not job stealing stealing things and i mean and that's fine that's that's certain people's mentality and i watch the comments on linkedin and you know they they they, they get going and that's, that's hey, you know though let let the haters be the haters you know yeah. i i i still see that there's a now I'm curious because I see the branding opportunity here, right? Which is yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to reach out to you because I wanted people to understand that this technology is not only beneficial to the dealership and to the process, but from the marketing side is very very beneficial for the branding side. Have you start to see dealerships actually use this in their branding efforts? Oh, 100%. Because I mean, what we've got dealers doing is this is this is a value add to the dealership. Mm -hmm. No different than when they've started introducing, hey, we're now open till nine o'clock at night, or now open on Saturdays. They've just incorporated this into their whole sales strategy. Uh, Davis GMC and Airdrie is a prime example where you know they've got a really nice video, and and that's what they're promoting is, hey, we are open late for your convenience, you know. And what we've been finding with the numbers is they're actually having more customers drop off after hours than they've ever had before and it's strictly because of the marketing and promotion that they're doing and obviously the capability of the kiosk so again even though it's freeing up the time from the advisors it's even at, even doubling that because instead of that customer rushing in at four o'clock to get their vehicle in or, or pick up mm. they're now just doing it at five six seven o'clock at their own convenience and they're not they're not interrupting the salesperson or the front desk person to to get their their vehicle or drop it off it's it's again, it just comes down to process to make it smooth and painless for, for everybody involved, not just the service department. Well, you know, whenever I see a customer centric process or system out there that's like this, and it really is, you're putting yeah. the customer first, right? We didn't, you got, I don't think you guys probably necessarily went and built this technology in the benefit of the dealer, even though it does benefit the dealer. Really, the true benefit is right now still sitting with the customer. But yep. by doing it for the customer, the dealership actually wins. Like you said, you you had one dealership that actually made a sell partly due to the fact that they made this commitment to this technology that allows them to service their vehicle whenever the hell they feel like servicing their vehicle. They can drop it off when they need to, not when the dealership needs them to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold. We really how this started was recognizing that there was a need from a customer basis. But I mean, the company started... Uh, with digital websites, that's how Storm, Storm Division uh, started in 2011. Was that, and then they they branched off to do, you know, sales kiosks, and you know where you do something typical that you'd see at a casino or a hotel, where you can, you know, basically check in and and rate certain services. And, and dealers were the ones that would come to us saying, you know, how can we do this for maybe our service department so that we can improve our our check-in process? And of course, we all looked internally of all the struggles that we had and said, you know, I think, I think this is really something that's here because again, it's why am I waiting 10, sometimes 20 minutes of minute, some dealerships and they've admitted in the busy tire season and, you know, yeah. a BMW dealer and they're like, our customers are waiting 20 minutes just to drop their keys off. Or, I mean, you hear the nightmares where 10 o'clock in the morning customer dropped off using the night box. Of course, nobody checks it after 7 a.m. And then shows up at four o'clock and their keys are still sitting there. So, you know, it was, it was kind of a combination of all these things of, you know, how can we improve the, the overall customer experience and again, give value to the dealers that they see that they want to invest in a technology like this. So now uh, from the dealer's perspective, um, what kind of analytics can we expect from utilizing you guys as a system? Like what, what kind of audience information do we get? 
Well, I mean, as you mentioned, it, it comes down to consistency. So, uh, again, I dropped my Subaru off today because there's on for a recall, and I forgot to ask for car detailing. My car's starting to smell because you know all the wet weather is starting to to, to melt. And you know the service advisor forgot to ask. It's it's not their fault. I'm sure they they had good intentions. Whereas our kiosk ensures that every single time you get the same experience um, all, all the time. So I mean, right now our upsells are generating on average across North America at forty eight percent. You know, so about half of customers. Wow. Yeah. And you know what? It's this is this is not new. It's 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 basic business. It's mm-hmm. the way I compare it is it's the chocolate bars next to the cashier. You know, you're dropping off your vehicle. You're not asking the person, "Hey, do you want this four hundred and fifty dollar full override?" Because of course they're going to say no. But it's, "Do you want this seventy nine ninety nine car detailing service for your vehicle?" It's it's yes. the would you like fries with that concept? Exactly, exactly. You're yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean so. Yeah, we're at about 48% on the upsells. And then another key feature with ours is vehicle appraisals. Um, So every time a customer drops off their vehicle, depending on the mileage, and we're building a new feature where it's actually going to take into account where a dealer can request certain year, make, and model. Because if you're a Honda dealer, you know, maybe 2017 or 2016 Honda Civics are, are prime on your used car lot. So every time those vehicles come in, it asks the customer, would you like to get your vehicle appraised? You know, um, our one of our owners, Nathan, uh, has a great story where his uh, brother-in-law uh, is an executive at Telus. Dropped his vehicle off at his Hyundai dealership. It got serviced. Of course, he had to rush out and do all that type of stuff. Of course, picked it up, and two days later, the sales guy calls him and says, "Hey, you know, you've had this vehicle for six, seven years. You know, we'd love to get it appraised so that we can, you know, maybe get you onto a new one." And he's like, "Why didn't you do this when I was at your dealership? Like, I'm not going to leave work." <laughs> to drop it off for you. No, not at all. And and again, you can't fault the service advisors to take the time to necessarily ask those questions because they're staring at a at a long line and they're just trying to get through, you know, what they have to get through that morning. So again, it comes that down to that consistency. So, you know, if a dealer, if we can go to a dealer and say, listen, 22% on average our customers are going to say yes to that appraisal. That's a new vehicle lead. You know, we, oh, that, that's huge. Now, is that actually a number? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, no, yeah, no oh, that's, shit, that's is it? Yes, yeah. So wow. our one, our one dealer at uh, in New Brunswick, St. John's Volkswagen, they yeah. did a huge push where they had all their advisors, uh, regardless if if they if the customer, you know, if they had the time, they mm-hmm. said, no, let us show you this new technology we want to do. They had eighteen new vehicle leads that month for customers wow. that are that like customers that are in the dealership. You know, and uh, I was doing an install at another dealership, uh, Honda dealership in Toronto, and he had come over from somebody else, and he had said the exact same thing. He's like, "This particular dealership does not have a process that customer comes in off of lease with, you know, at their four or five year mark." And he's like, "Yeah, like it's my last, it's my last uh, kind of oil change and whatever else." And serves, a, you know, luckily he had something <laughs> from a past dealership and said, "You want to talk to our sales team about this?" You know. So again, if he had checked in through the through the uh, through the kiosk, he would have most likely selected, "Yes, I want an appraisal." And then that that sales advisor or person would have contacted him that day and said, "Hey, your vehicle's worth." worth X amount of dollars, what are you interested in getting into? 
See, the value of consistent process is 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 huge in our industry, and I, I just we're not. I think we go as far as developing the process. I think we go as far as identifying what the goal and objective is, but then our ability to kind of create that that consistent routine is where we start to fall off, right? It's it, it's no different than, you know, uh, I'm trying to lose 10 or 15 pounds. You know, if, <laughs> if I don't create the routine to do these activities on a regular basis, I'm never going to meet my goal and objective. And it's no different for the, for the service department. If, if their goal and objective is an increase in their CP, you know, hours per work order, you know, of a 20 to 30% increase, which, you know, right now dealerships need to be looking any opportunity to be increasing profitability. Look, a lot of manufacturers are claiming pretty, you know, flat numbers this year. So any place yeah. that we can increase that, we do that. But I think the the best place that we can do that is consistency in these processes that we know really effectively do work and can generate additional revenue. Yeah, I mean, implementation is key. Um, yeah. It's something that I've essentially lived and died on in the last 10 years of my career is, you know, it's... You can joke about salespeople that you know they get you in and then they and then they just kind of kind of leave. But implementation is key. You can you can have the best processes, but you need that follow up and you need somebody there and a team behind you that can make sure that whatever you planned out gets done. Um, and that's that's difficult in any organization, any industry. You know, sure. the, auto, the auto world's no different. That you have a superstar service manager who says this is exactly how we're going to do it. And then he goes off to another meeting and he's got a D-rated employee that just doesn't get it. Well, if there's nobody there to help that person go along, then, you know, all, all plans are, are, are off. So, you know, it, again, it's, you know, that's, that's what we do, I think, really well is we make sure that when we put this into the dealership, we give them all of the information and we stay on top of them to make that change and make it make it effective because again if we just put it in here and never called them you know they'd be calling us back saying yeah nobody uses this and that'd be it so well like I said, I, i'm super excited for the product i really am in fact actually I, I have one or two clients that are actually currently doing an install with you guys right now and i from the marketing perspective you know we spent a fair amount of time developing out marketing messages for the service department and yeah. it, we, we struggle, you know, we might run a, uh, a spring special or a fall special or summer special or, or something along that line. So we'll create all the creative for it, you know, identify the audiences that we think are going to be relevant for the message, market the crap out of it. But then the dealership level happens. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that message is not consistently communicated, you know, to, to, to the clients. And so, so I look at this and I, I get excited because I'm like, Yes, finally, you know, we have a yeah. system in place now that will ensure that when we invest all this time and money in creating out that, you know, a spring into spring, you know, service special that it will act, the message will actually be executed every single time, you know, at the store level. So, so I'm curious, you know, you're saying that about 18 to 20% of appointments are, are being generated through the kiosk. What is your guys's goal? I mean, is it not? It should almost be a hundred percent of them be booked through the yeah. Campus? So that that eighteen twenty percent that's that's the pre created appointments. So okay. um, yeah. So it depends on the dealer. Some dealers like the walk in business. Um, we have some dealers that they say about thirty percent of their of their daily appointments are are walk ins. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we of course we want to get higher usage, but 
at the same time, it's not for everybody, and it's not for everybody in that exact situation. Um, again, I always use the prime example of grocery store checkouts. If I stereotypically, although that did change uh, the last last weekend, and I've gone back to it again this weekend, if I have a full cart, um, you know, based on my experience, I'm not going to go with a whole bunch of self checkout uh, way items, you know, lettuce and all all of that because uh, you know it. it it can take longer, but if I have uh, a large list of items that are all just barcode scan, that's when I'll use that's when I use the checkout, and and that's the way I see this as well. Is you know it's springtime, I'm going to come in, I'm going to do a seasonal tire swap and an oil change. I don't need to stay in line for ten minutes. I'm just saying here, have a nice day, and call me when it's done. Sure. Uh, again, if I'm coming in for something that's complicated, or when I do a certain thing, it does this. Kiosk can handle that. But I understand from a human aspect, I might want to talk to somebody um, to do it. But at the same time, I might be busy. So I might just drop off and leave a note on there that says, call me. So, Well, I, I think that's the key thing, right, is the consumer gets to choose. Yeah. We're, not, we're not dictating the process. The dealership's not dictating the process. The consumer gets to dictate the process. You know, but, we, but we're still able to show the, the content, the information that we need to show them so that exactly. they can actually make a proper decision on what they should be servicing. Or, you know. Yeah, exactly. So like when a customer uh, comes in, obviously they always get asked if they want a vehicle appraisal. Uh, there's always an upsell or two, depending on the dealer, what they mm -hmm. want to have. Um, we show them what uh, services they've already booked, uh, where they can add other ones. But we've also included where they it does the suggested recommended service based on the OEM. So if they're coming in for sixty thousand uh, kilometer oil change, and you know it's a service A, and they should also be getting tire rotation, uh, you know alignment check, and you know X Y Z, our kiosk will actually ask the customer, hey, these are also services that you should be getting uh, getting today. So they could have, again, including that process so that service advisor asks them when they book the appointment, they say no. BDC calls to follow up to make sure that they're coming for their appointment, ask them those things, still things, they say no. Then they come to the kiosk to check in. It's another, it's another touch point to say you should really get this done. And you know what? If they get it, then great. If not, then they can go back, you know, when they're checking out their checkbox with the whole CSI to say, We've asked the customer on these six or seven different touch points that this is what needs to get done. They've declined it in every single time. And then, you know, again, we, we make it that, that much more convenient where we've, we're tying into Uber. A lot of dealers in the, in the GTA area are starting to switch or include Uber as part of their product offering, which is just mm -hmm. making our product that much stronger. So Saturday night at 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock, you can go to a dealership, drop your vehicle off, and the kiosk will call you an Uber on that Oh, so the kiosk will yeah. do it. Yes, they can, oh, they can request it, cool. and then that will take them. Um, I believe the dealer can set the dollar limit or the or the kilometer limit, so they're not taking it from the GTA to you know uh, Windsor, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, again, it's just making that that much more convenient. And the dealers that have this and are promoting it correctly are seeing are starting to see the benefit. To their to the dealership you know that are they selling more cars are they are they increasing certain items yes you know it's still kind of early but what they're really doing is they're retaining that customer for the long for the long haul you know and as you mentioned sales are going down uh you know i would not be surprised if there's a little bit of recession here in the next uh, 18 months mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, I know a lot of the OEMs the last last two months were pretty tough. And what I've always heard and what I believe is, you know, sales sales is exciting, but service department and parks that keep the lights on. And oh, 100%. You know, when interest rates go up and uh, uh, there's a report just recently about how I think, what was it, 20 or 30% of customers are, are upside down by as much as 70% or $7,000 in their vehicle. Guess what? They're not trading in their vehicle to buy a new one. They're going to fix that six hundred dollar, uh, you know, muffler job. And, so, and if we can make that process simple, you know, we can save time for them. You know, they're looking for the path of least resistance. Of course, if we can provide them that path of least resistance, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're adding more on than if they actually had to stand there wait in line, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a reason why McDonald's is on every corner and Tim Hortons is on every corner. It's not and because why they have a kiosk. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly right. It's why you know there's lots of reports that you know the dealers are losing business to these other shops, and it convenience is is like number two or number three on their list. It's it's because my dealership is in Ajax, but I live in in the GTA, so I'm just going to go to my local Cal Tire or my local muffler shop to get this work done. You know, meanwhile, the price might be fifty to a hundred dollars cheaper if I went to my dealership. But you know, it's it's too far, and I don't want to. I don't want to make that trek. It's the same way High End Day or Genesis is bringing the vehicle to the customer. It's it's, it's, it's about far. removing friction. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just it's just about removing friction. So I'm curious, um, what process are you guys kind of developing with the dealership? I mean, is is it like when I go to the grocery store? Is there someone there that kind of assists? me you know through utilizing the tech yeah, or is, I mean, it, is there more than one kiosk is it one kiosk is it three kiosks what do you like what does a normal setup and install look like yeah so on average it's about one to two kiosks um okay. there are other people in the market that will push for the three four uh, I, there's one dealership in kingston they got six which uh you know was was crazy but when i when i talked to them they have returned uh five of them and we're just dealing with the one so um our process is, at the same time, we don't want to change too much of how the dealership does business, especially initially. You know, if we came in here and said, I know you did this 10, this way for the last 10 years, but, you know, forget all of that. We're now going to do this. Oh, um, no, be bold enough. Change it. Like, enough. <laughs> yeah. People yeah, like it. Let's, let's, let's keep, you know, here's, let's keep doing the same shit and expect different results. That sounds like a phenomenal idea. No, let's change the damn thing. <laughs> yes, yes. But at the same time, it's, it's got to be baby steps. So we do, we always have a champion within the dealership who is yep. the person that is going to make sure that, um, you know, the customers, customers are there. It's, it's usually sometimes for a person that's not initially utilized in those morning rushes. So, uh, we got one dealership whose cashier is, is busy at four o'clock, but at eight thirty, seven o'clock when they first come in, not so much. So mm. what they do is they go and they hang out in the in the laneway and they bring the customers over. You know, it's although this technology is not new to us, it's new to the dealership world. Of course. And it's no different than at the airports where when they first introduced all the kiosks, there was tons of people around helping people out. Now there's nobody. You know, and and that's essentially what we're we're envisioning is going to happen is you know to start, yeah, we have a cashier, we have a valet, people that you know just direct customers over. Our kiosk sends text and email messages to customers uh, prior to their appointment to let them know when their appointment is, as well as to promote the kiosk itself. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's going to be with time is is the more and more customers use this and realize that that's there, then 
you know, the less likely they will, uh, or the more likely, I guess, they will use RKS in the future, again, depending on their situation of, of what they're doing. Now, how, um, how long have you guys been actively installing here in Canada? Yeah, so I mean, this the company Storm Division has been around since 2011 doing websites. Mm -hmm. uh, Storm Kiosk has been about three years in, in basically beta testing with dealers. I mean, when I saw our first uh, our first model, you could see all the rivet points through the uh, through the metal. Um, you know, the doors worked half the time. Like it was <laughs> it was rough. Um, so no, we've been actively uh, quote unquote live since uh, about January of last year. So about one year that we've had this, you know, fully immersed in the uh, in the Canadian market. Uh, we're a Canadian company started in uh, in Calgary. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got uh, our office here in uh, in Belleville, Ontario, which is where I'm situated. Um, and then we, in the beginning of this month, we installed our first two locations in uh, in Boston in the U.S. Uh, so we're 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 making we're making progress as uh, as we go up. That's awesome. That's awesome. And approximately, how many installs have you guys done? Maybe in the Ontario area. Uh, in the Ontario area, well, I did four last week. Uh, I've got another four next week. Um, we've done about I want to say about fifteen in those last two months. Sorry, uh, how many? About fifteen in the last 15. two months in Ontario. So it's. Again, it's one of these things that as soon as one gets one, then the other one realizes. And again, we've got dealers that have been around long enough that those numbers are, are coming to fruition and they're getting used to the process. And I mean, we do a satisfaction survey at the end of each drop off and pickup and we're averaging 96% on the customer. So that's awesome. You know, we've, we have people that they go in, they say they don't like the kiosk and then they use it. It's completely intuitive and they say, yes, this is something that they want to use again and, and that they like. Well, that's cool. And, and, I, and I'm, I really appreciate you taking the time tonight to, to speak yeah, with me. Uh, apologize for being a little late, but I, I, I'm <laughs> glad that we were able to do this because I see what the system is able to do for the dealership. I see the process that it brings, the consistency in the process that it brings uh, there in itself is huge ROI. Um, but then also being able to uh, test out new offerings and see which ones are effectively working. And it's just so much consistency in that initial well, process. It, it's an anchor point. It really mm -hmm. is. It, it's mm -hmm. something that a dealer can build around in order to make the rest of their process smooth. Um, you know, because you, you can rely on one on one advisor that says, you know, you, you're a superstar, you know, everything that they do. And this is just giving them another one that says, this is how we want to run it this way. Um, we have dealers, the, the pickup process is, is a mess because, you know, they're high-end Mercedes Benz and customers walk in and the service advisors walk them through everything and they talk to the front desk clerk and they ask them, oh, is X, Y, Z done? And of course, the person doesn't know it. You know, and then the customer leaves having all these extra questions, don't know if all the work was done, whereas if it's been explained to them, plus they're just going to a kiosk, well, then that it's just it's just smoother. And, there, and there's a little button that says, you know, call me. I have a question about my invoice. And, you know, they, uh, they can be contacted the next day. So, it, yeah, it, it gives an anchor point that dealers can build around to make sure that their process is, is solid. And I'm still super excited about the branding opportunities. I really am. Hey, for anybody out there that would like to learn more about Storm Kiosk and maybe connect with yourself, Corey, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, the best way is to hit me up on LinkedIn um, or just go to our website, stormkiosk.com. 
and uh, they can set up an online demo uh, where we can uh, we can show them everything or even arrange a in-person visit at, uh, at a local dealership close to that. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, th thanks, Corey. I really appreciate your time. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate tonight. it. I look forward to getting this edited and get this out there. And guys, keep doing what you're doing. I, th I think it's totally badass. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, we appreciate the uh, the attention and, uh, and what you're doing too for the industry. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. You have yourself a good night. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. We covered a bunch of great topics today. What stood out most to you? Be sure to let us know in the comment section below. And don't forget to like the post and share it to keep the conversation going. Be sure to connect with Corey on LinkedIn and swing by stormkiosks.com. You can follow Jason on all social media platforms by following Strategy with Jason. You can find him pretty well everywhere you can share content. I hope we were able to get you thinking. And until the next time, this has been Nathan with Digital Dealership Solutions. Have a great day.